It's a very busy time now, Finch. There's lots to do. There's lots that has to be done, lots of preparation. But it is a very special season. It's a gift to us, the season of Advent. A time when we can just stop. Just stop and be with God. You know, we've often asked for God's presence to be with us. But actually, He wants our presence with Him as well. That's precious to Him. He tells us to be still and know that I am God. So these times when we offer ourselves and our time and all our being just to be with Him are very precious to God. And it's a way of us drawing closer to Him. So when we stop, we can look. Look at, look at ourselves. We often just pass over things and don't really stop and look and bring ourselves and confess ourselves what we lack to God and just ask for him to help us with whatever it is that we need. We need to approach him in a spirit of humility and confession, but asking for his help. Lots of people dread Christmas, you might not think so, but lots of people do, for perfectly good and valid reasons. But if we bring that dread to Jesus during Advent, then maybe, hopefully, it will go away and dissipate when we get to Christmas Day, and we can find the joy. Some of us find it a really busy, busy time, and we love Christmas, but we, we spend so much time preparing for it that by the time we get there, we're absolutely wiped out. And we need to bring that to Jesus as well and say, can you help me to pace myself better so that I don't arrive at Christmas worn out and I can experience that joy? We need to look to Jesus just to remind ourselves of what he's done for us and what he continues to do for us. And when we stopped and looked, we can listen. Listen to what God wants us to do with our lives. Listen to what he's telling us so we can be obedient to his loving commands for us. We can learn how to serve him better by doing it because he wants us to do it and he's told us. Advent is a gift. So we need to enjoy it with a sense of anticipation, with a sense of gratitude. Gratitude for the gift that God gave us at Christmas. He loves us so much that he gave us his own son. And he only asks us to accept him and believe. We've just sung a lovely song, and it's printed on a card in front of you, in the well, behind you, or somewhere it's there. And I'd like, in a few minutes of silence, for us just to read over these words and anticipate Christmas through these words. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace.
Some people look at my face and say I'm always looking grumpy. It's not true. I'm not grumpy. I'm just fed up waiting. When are we ever going to start this journey? The man told me I'd be carrying something important all the way to Bethlehem. Oh, good, I thought. Another piece of furniture from his workshop. Some very special wood. Something that would make a donkey really proud. Nothing useful like that. I've heard it from the other animals. I'm going to be carrying that girl, you know, that one he's betrothed to. Well, I don't mean to be rude, but she's not going to be light, not in that state. Should you even be travelling before that baby arrives? It's going to take us three or four nights to get there. I'm not sure it's going to be comfortable for any of us. Oh, all good. Looks like someone's coming out to the stable. He doesn't overload me with too much to carry. I see some of the other donkeys, they really suffer with their masters. Very cruel. They're the ones that I feel sorry for. I hope you're right, but I'm not looking forward to the journey. Slow and steady, can't go fast with that load. Staying in all those inns on the way, I'm not looking forward to being away from home. They can be very cruel, those other animals calling me grumpy, laughing with each other, not speaking to me. I'm not looking forward to that bit. <sighs> oh, look, the doves are coming back. They're going to sit on the roof. Oh, that would be nice. Be able to fly, go to other places, see other things, get away from here. <sighs> That's not what donkeys are supposed to do. <sighs>
in your seats, you'll have a luggage label and a pen. You might have to turn around to look at the seat behind you. So take your label with you on your journey through this advent. Perhaps tie it to your Christmas tree to remind you. Everything is possible through Jesus. May you journey through this advent with hope, experiencing change, ready to meet with Jesus in joy this Christmas morning.
This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. These are pretty much the only words we hear about Joseph before the birth of Jesus. Words that seem to betray a man who, having originally decided on one course of action, simply changes his mind after one significant dream. Apparently, no doubting what God was asking of him, no questions, simply an obedient response to the words he heard in the course of one night. That may well be exactly what happened. But I wonder, I wonder if there's more to this story. I would find it astonishing if Jesus didn't doubt his decision at times. I can imagine his thought processes went something like this. Did I really hear God that night? Or was it just my imagination? Why is this happening to me? What have I done to deserve this? I'm the innocent one here, yet I'm being made to feel ridiculed and stupid. Why? Why? One moment he had his future all clearly mapped out and it was looking good. He had his career as a carpenter safely under his belt. He was betrothed to this sweet, innocent young girl, and they planned to marry soon. What could possibly go wrong? But then, but then, how many of us can identify with that but then moment? I wonder how many questions Joseph flung at God in those months before and even during their journey to Bethlehem. 
and yet he hung on in there. Despite the doubts and the fear that he might have got it all wrong, he still metaphorically and literally stood by the promise he made to both Mary and God. He hung on in there. questions of God. The Bible is full of characters who do so. But they were also prepared to listen when answers came they weren't expecting, or perhaps even more frustrating, when they were met with days after days, weeks after weeks of silence. Joseph didn't know when he responded to that initial dream what the outcome would be, but he did at least respond. And he hung on in there. Who knows what doubts and questions dominated his relationship with God, 
The Bible doesn't give us that insight. But we do know he was faithful and obedient. Faith does not mean that we know all the answers. It does mean that we are not afraid of the questions. That we have the courage to let the questions really be asked.
We'll spend a short time now in silence and I invite us to think about what we might like to grow spiritually this Advent. Things already mentioned, a fruit of the Spirit, joy, an attitude such as gratitude and thankfulness, spending more time meditating on scripture, going deeper, and in particular with Mary.
As I mentioned earlier, pregnancy is a time of great excitement and preparation. I have to say it's been hard um, not to do this preparation. I think of Alice, I'm just overjoyed to hear the news of um, the birth of her baby boy. And from Mary, we have a glimpse of that excitement from her words to Elizabeth, known as the Magnificat. But Mary has gone to be with Elizabeth and Zachariah because they are older and wiser relatives. Something extraordinary has happened to them, too, which no doubt carries a fair amount of gossip and speculation. Here, too, Mary would have known shame, exclusion, even possible stoning for her apparent act of adultery. It would have brought shame on her family and Joseph's family, too. But despite this, she is bubbling over with joy and praise to God. But her return to her family and to Joseph would have brought anxiety. And we do not yet know if Mary knew at the time she was due to give birth that she would have to travel with Joseph on the donkey to Bethlehem. In our final moments of silence, I'd like us to think about two things that bring joy and excitement, and one that causes us pain and anxiety at this time of year. As Mary has already talked about, it can be huge anxiety about all sorts of things, travelling, about who to spend it with, the financial burden of the ever-escalated expectation of what makes a perfect Christmas. It can cause families and relationships to be at least strained and at some stages to breaking point. And can I encourage you to share these positives and negatives with maybe one person after the service or during drinks and ask them to pray and for you to be committed to praying for them during Advent. We are going to go from this time of silence into our communion. So let's just take a moment now, just two things of joy and one of pain and anxiety.